Blog Talk Radio. by NASCAR, the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. I'm going to read the mission statement of NASCAR. We have a single purpose at NASCAR, to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse. Presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone. Two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse, and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. My name is Annie Marges, and I'm one of the co-hosts here tonight at the SCAN Radio Show. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have a question and answer call-in discussion with a survivor professional using an open mic forum. We feature a survivor professional co-host who field topics brought to the episode by you, the listener. Tonight, the special co-host is Sonova Cantrell from Missouri, an award-winning author, speaker, coach, and lifelong seeker of knowledge and wisdom. After a decade in the world of true crime and victim advocacy, Sonova has taken her 10,000 hours of study and entered the self-help field. Sonova's a certified NLP life coach through the American Union of NLP. She's also the owner of Sonova's Simply Biz Author Coaching Service and an award-winning crime writer with over 300 cases under her belt. One of her books was even endorsed by a retired FBI agent. 
To top it all off, a flag was flown over the Capitol in Washington, D.C. to honor her cold case work. Now, Sonova is using her study and experience to inspire, motivate, and educate her audience. Sonova's life coaching includes elements of NLP, practical psychology, ancient principles, and biochemistry. You can live a more abundant life and enjoy the journey. Okay, after that, I am going to welcome our uh, survivor professional tonight, Sonova Cantrell. Hi, Sonova. Hi, Annie. Thank you for that. Um, that becomes a mouthful. I'm going to have to get a microbiome written so you don't have to say that all the time every month. Um, it kind of gets you tongue-tied after a while. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be on this show. Um, I know it um, it may seem like someone just gets on and, and, and talks about something for an hour and a half, but to me it's very important. Um, I'm very honored to be a part of the show just because I realize that the people that are listening to this show are survivors of something that has been tragic. They are someone that may be needing help. They're, they're in different stages. Some of them have overcome. Some of them are still uh, drowning in that abyss of despair where we've all been and all feel like it's so easy to slip back off into. And so I want you to know that I take this, this show very seriously, and I'm very honored to be here tonight. Um, and I appreciate you, what you do, Annie, to help run the show. And I, I do believe Cricket's on the air, too. She's a wonderful supporter of everything that I do. I'm so grateful for her. Um, so thank you both for being here. I, I, I really don't know what I'd do without the support of people like you. So um, tonight I want to talk about a topic called rediscovering the dream, learning how to dream again. And so I, I always kind of start with the topic, but if you're listening and you have something you would like to ask, if you have something you would like to put in, please call the number and we will uh, stop what I'm talking about and, and discuss things with you because the whole concept of the Thursday night call is to discuss directly with the listener. So I come up with a topic in case nobody is brave enough to call in, but please feel free to interrupt any moment in time. Um, I, I believe the number is 646-595-2118. Is that right, Annie? That is correct. Thank you. Okay. All right. So make sure you call in. So uh, tonight I'm going to start with um, rediscovering the dream. Now, like she has said, she she has um, very eloquently put out, you know, all of my laundry list of things that I've, I've done with my business. But what she doesn't put out in that bio is all of the pain, all of the tragedy, all of the things that I have gone through in my life in between all of those things. And so this is what we really want to understand, especially if you are in that pit of despair right now is when you see 
or you hear a bio like what she just read for me, it all sounds wonderful and marvelous and good. It doesn't sound like there's any tragedy in there. It doesn't sound like there's any despair in there. It doesn't show the 16 people that I've lost in the last two and a half years. It doesn't show all of the family trauma. It doesn't show all of the injuries, all of the pain, all of the different things that I have suffered during that time. It didn't show me the people that I loved that turned against me. It didn't show, and I want you to understand, especially in this in this day and age with all of the social media and all of the TV celebrities and things, it shows an ideal, perfect thing that nobody can attain to. And then when we can't live up to that and our lives and our dreams don't live up to what we see on Facebook, we suffer and we feel despair and we feel depression and anxiety and we stop dreaming. I've had some people tell me to my face that if you don't dream and you don't expect anything, then you're not disappointed. Well, I turned right back at them, and of course, I'm a little bit of a sarcastic person. Um, I try to be professional um, when I'm on video or on something like this, but I'm very sarcastic. And I just flat out, before I could think, I said, well, are you happy with where you're at? Look at me. And I saw them tear up, and they said, no, no, uh, actually, I'm not. And this is what uh, what I want you guys to understand. If you don't have a dream, a vision, a purpose, a goal, if you have stopped dreaming because somebody tore a piece of your soul out during this tragic moment in time where you were a victim, if you don't dream again, you won't get out of that cesspool. And that might sound harsh, but it's the truth. You are in this quagmire, this, this bottomless pit of quicksand, and every time you twitch in quicksand, it pulls you down a little more. Well, this is the way it is when you don't dream. You don't have any goals to reach for. You're not ever going to achieve them. And so many times when somebody has misused us and abused us, when someone has broken our hearts, when someone has, has not lived up to the expectation that we had for that person, or when we haven't lived up for the expectation that we have for ourselves. Because, see, sometimes we're not judging other people. We're judging ourselves too harshly. I taught a class on Sunday um, that was titled Just Judge Less, Joy More. Well, because while we're busy judging ourselves and judging everybody else, enjoying life, we, we need to judge less and joy more. Well, here's the thing. We can't do those things if we don't allow ourselves to learn how to dream again. See, when we were in that state of confusion and chaos and brutality, when we were going through that, dealing with that abuser, when we were in that state, we were not in control. You did not do anything to deserve what's happened to you. 
okay? This is something that a lot of victims fall into. They fall into this, well, I must have done something to egg this on. You did not. You did not deserve to be abused in such a way. You did not deserve to be treated in such a way, okay? Are you going to let that abuser continue to steal your life from you? Because I talked about this in one of the shows before that I was in. What is life? Life is energy. See, we, however you want to define things, I don't know, I don't want to get too esoteric on anyone, but what is a human being? What is a person? Well, when you see a person die, what changes between one moment to the next when they're here and when they're gone? You literally see the eye, the light escape from their eyes. You literally see the energy go away, okay? So what is life? It's not this physical thing that we're in. It is the energy, okay? The energy that makes you you is life, okay? And some vindictive, evil energy of some sort decided to destroy a piece of your existence. Now, you can't do anything about that. You can't go back in the past and change it. But you have the ability, you have the authority over your energy now. You have the ability to say, I am going to learn how to dream again. I am going to drag myself out of this. I am going to live again. And that abuser is not going to feel feel any more of me. They can't have any more. And that's what you're doing. You are literally standing up to that abuser and saying, no more. It's done. You can't have no more. Okay? You took too much already. You're not allowed. Okay? And so when you stand up and say, I will dream again, that is what you're doing. You're taking authority of your own future. You're taking charge. And you are gaining that control again. Because part of what is so harmful about being abused, of course, there's the physical and the emotional and the, you know, all of the trauma. All of that is terrible in itself. But one piece that we forget about that really hurts us desperately is the fact that we were out of control. We didn't have the control. And so by setting goals, by learning how to dream again, learning how to find a vision and purpose in the life that you have left, by doing that, you are taking back that control. The longer that you sit and dwell over your story, the longer you sit and rehash over all the painful details, the longer you do that, the more of your energy you are giving to the person who's already stolen too much. And so this is why I thought tonight would be a great topic of learning how to dream again. So I'm going to ask you a question, and then we're going to go to Annie, see if there's anybody on the line. But I want to ask you listeners, what would you love? That is the phrase I've gotten from one of my mentors, her name's Peggy McCall. I highly recommend anything she puts out. Check her out. But she doesn't say, what do you want? 
He says, what would you love? What would you love your life to be? And so this is what I'm going to ask you, and I want you guys to be thinking about that. Annie, is there anybody on the line that would like to say something? I would. This is Victoria. Um, Hi, Victoria. Welcome. Hi, Hi. Victoria. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to say, uh, first of all, um, I've worked with uh, a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, I'm in recovery of 36 years sober. And uh, I get a lot of people that, well, all I really got this moment, but (laughs) uh, anyway, (laughs) I know what I say, but um, anyway, uh, um, a lot of people um, come in there uh, really hopeless, you know, like, like you were saying, you know, they've been beaten down and everything else. And, um, and I always tell them where there's breath, there's hope. And a lot of people have given up hope. A lot of people have given up hope for a better future or for anything to be positive or to change or it's all like, you know, I, I said the same thing too. I'm not going to be disappointed. You know, I'm just not going to expect anything out of anybody, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that was a really bad place to be, you know, and, uh, but anyway, um, so, um, so to the answer of your question is <clears throat> I love nature. I love doing crafts. And I want to start a business. So that's what, what I'm doing. Um, it's going to be it's going to be making uh, things out of nature. Like, for instance, I'm going to make little fairy houses. And, like, Aww. put out in people's gardens. And I'm making uh-huh. little treasure chests that are going to have uh, blue fabric in them. Um, shiny blue fabric I got with cotton balls. I make little pillows to put inside them. And I'm going to varnish them. And then I'm going to put uh-huh. crystals in or stones in them, and I'm putting rose uh-huh. quartz in them um, um, yes. because that's for your 4A chakra, which is speaking uh-huh. out. And uh-huh. and so it's for survivors of abuse to uh-huh. speak out and tell their truth. And uh-huh. and so things uh-huh. like that that are going to have, uh-huh. you know, something that I've created that has some kind of uh-huh. a healing meaning to it. But um, right. not just like not just like okay, I'm selling these stones, or okay, I'm right. selling little treasure boxes. I'm gonna do more creative thinking about, you know, what do people right. really need, and and what's gonna be like a a change because I've done a lot of speaking and I've had you know talk help people out, but mm-hmm. I was once uh, uh, just a quick story. I was once out in the woods. And uh, I saw this feather, and I just picked it up. I just, just had a feeling I need to pick it up. So I picked it up, and I went to the A club. And this gal comes up to me and says, can I talk to you? And I go, sure. And she asked how much sobriety I had. And I, you know, tell everybody how many years. And then I said, but all I have is this moment. And she started mm-hmm. telling me it was her, like, her fifth time in, in the treatment, just got out, and I should have got sober, you know, before, 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 and should have done this and just was literally beating herself up and it just hit me. I said, hold on a minute. So I got my wallet out and I pulled the feather out and I handed it to her. And I says, I want you to take this feather. I says, and from now on, all you can do is beat yourself up with this feather. And mm-hmm. she just thought that was fantastic. So I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought a whole bag of feathers and I did an Al-Anon thing. Me to do a like a, I don't know, Ellen was celebrating some special year, asked me to be the main speaker. So 
I said, everybody on the way in, pick up a feather, but I'm not telling you what it's for until the very end. <laughs> I did my little talk. I love that. I said, you know, then I, I, then I told too. the story. And then I said, and on the way out, I want you to pick up another feather, give it to your qualifier, because all you can do is beat that person up with a feather, and then we tell them that story and hand them a feather. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just from that little experience, it. you know, just mm-hmm. that feather, to me, um, I, I give them out to everybody now. <laughs> When I when Aww. I go makes, makes me want to go get my feather pin. I've got a quill pin um, uh-huh. and a little thing of ink. My husband got me a long time ago, and I'm like, oh, I need to dig that out. But I'm in between yeah. houses right now, and I'm in a temporary space, so everything's in storage. And I'm like, ah, man, I can't go get it. But I love that. I love that. But see, the thing is, is you are taking your life's energy, and you're creating something beautiful, you are creating something to help other people, and you are literally giving a piece of your existence to make the world a better place for someone else. And I really feel like that's the purpose of humanity. We're not mm-hmm. supposed to be here fighting to war and divide and, and you know, everybody everybody says this and everybody says that, you know. Uh, we're here. We're supposed to be one family working together, care of this rock that we're on. See, we're, you know, I'm, I'm part Native American, so I'm always thinking we're a caretaker of this, of this planet, of this property. We, we don't mm-hmm. own anything. We're caretakers. Mm-hmm. And if we right. treated each other and treated the planet like we're supposed to, then there wouldn't be wars and famine and lack and limitations. And so I love that you're taking your, your energy and your life and you're creating something beautiful and you're sharing it with people that are hurting. That is such a powerful story. I absolutely love it. So I'll use you as an example, if that's okay with you. Um, oh, I'm going to ask you these questions. Okay. Um, in the concept of rediscovering the dream, I want you to think about this. And you don't have to answer on, my, on the air if you don't want to or you don't feel comfortable. But I'm going to ask Victoria um, just to make it a little more personal, but everyone listening, I want you to ask yourself this. She says she wants to create a business, and then she told us about these business. She wants to create crafts. She wants to create things out of nature. She wants to bring beauty to those around her. And so I thought, okay, if you want to do this, what would you like it to be? What would you love for it to become? When you set a a goal of starting a business, you need to be able to have a clear intention in your mind what you want that business to look like when you reach the pinnacle of success. What Mm -hmm. do you want your business to do? Who do you want to touch with your little fairy houses? Who do you want to touch with your feathers? Who do you want to touch? How many people would you like to touch? How many times would you like to speak and tell your feather story? How many people in the world would you like to touch? And so this is why I'm I'm asking Victoria, but I'm asking everyone. This is something that I want you guys all to do when you have time and when you have time to really put yourself into it. I don't want you to do this as a homework assignment and just throw it together and then throw it in a drawer. Victoria, I want you to think about this. This is yeah, I was going to say, too, okay, so what I've been doing lately now is 
Okay, so I, you know, I've I've had this dream for a long time. I want I've wanted to do crafts all my life. You know, I I always learned new crafts. I went and got books. I went and got the art supplies. I did it. I did it. I did it. Learn how to do all these different things. And my grandfather, mm-hmm. who raised me, would walk by and see me in my room making something new, like macrame or whatever I was doing, beading. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'd say, "Are you doing that artsy fartsy?" I'm just going to use the word stuff. again you know and I just smile and say yes I am you know and I loved art in school I got picked for um, four years in a row to go to the University of Kansas a special art school by my art teacher which I never got to go they wouldn't let me Um, you know all the abuse started happening and Uh I just turned 60 years old and you know I, I told everybody, I just turned 60, and now it's my time to live. I don't even want to be in a committed relationship because I've never really took time to do the things that I wanted to do in life. So I'm in a meditation area in my yard, and I go down there mm-hmm. every morning and meditate. And now I've got a meditation mm-hmm. area in my room because I live in Minnesota. You know, but I just take uh-huh. the time for myself. <laughs> and I take in the love from the universe, and, and my thing is, you know, um, try to give love out to the world throughout the day, mm-hmm. you know, Perfect. but I don't deplete Perfect. myself. And right. so anyway, I signed up for um, a business class for community education on how to start a business. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I um, am meeting with a guy once a week through a disability art group that's helping me work on my artistic goals. And the first time I went there, he said, oh, by the way, we're having a gallery show. Can you get three paintings? Um, you could have three three pieces in it. And I uh-huh. said, well, when's it due? He goes, well, it was due today, but I'll give you till next week. So I did five paintings <laughs> by the next week and brought them in and said, could you help me pick out the three that you think? And now I'm in a gallery <laughs> show that, that started, um, when was it, uh, December uh, 25th and is going till March 3rd. They're having a gallery awesome. uh, um, artist. Um, special event where you can invite family and friends and it's at this Hennepin Theater Trust that raises money to help artists and, and things in the area mm-hmm. and kids and get the art community going awesome. and the theater and all that and I'm, just, I'm yeah. so excited because you know I took the step to to go there and, and say okay I'm meeting with this guy once a week and he's going to help me so I went there yesterday and they said oh and by the way um, you can bring some stuff to sell. You know, you've got a little area oh. you can sell stuff. Well, I didn't know that part of it. And I said, well, when is that due? And he says, the Tuesday before the event, which is on Thursday, right? So it's the uh-huh. 21st that that's due. And I'm like, okay, you know, I could probably do that yeah. if I could find something simple yeah. enough to do. And I just found something mm-hmm. today that I figured out. So, yeah, so the steps, I think, is really important. Sometimes I put the cart mm-hmm. before that's the horse. And I plan this yeah. whole thing out, and then I get overwhelmed, and I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, being you don't realistic, want to do that. Yeah, I like looking okay, for so, the big goal, but being realistic uh-huh. on a daily basis. You know, what right. can I really do? Right. Not beat myself up so, if I don't do it. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's the thing. So this is what I want to want to talk to you guys about. Um, I heard it on a seminar. I wish I would have come up with myself, but I, I will tell you I did not. Um, and unfortunately, I can't tell you who came up with it because um, I listened to so many seminars. I can't remember which guru I was listening to at the time. But uh, 
he said something so powerful and I am I have I'm ashamed to say I haven't taken the time to do it yet, but I'm going to. He said when you're getting ready to learn how to dream again or you're getting ready to do your goal setting, he said don't he said don't start with your A B C type goals or your smart goals or your this goals or that goals. He says start with the end game. And he says, what if you had someone write your eulogy today? What would they say about you? A eulogy basically says, uh, is a list of your core values, is a list of who people remember you as, the people you've left behind and to mourn you, and basically your life's accomplishments. Now, a lot of times we will sit there and it kind of hits us and we think, oh, I don't really like what they would put in my eulogy right now. Or there's not really anything in there. Or who am I? And so many times when you when you read a eulogy, it, it's very impersonal. You'll read some that you can really tell this person made a difference in their world around them and everyone loves them and everyone's grieving their loss. Um, and then there's others that say so-and-so was married to so-and-so who had this many kids mm-hmm. and he's gone now and this is who's left. Whoop-dee-doo. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, what a horrible way to remember a human existence. So mm-hmm. today I want to ask you, we asked what would you love? And then I'm going to ask you to be very honest with yourself. Everyone that's listening, be very honest with yourself and say, where am I now? If someone was to write my eulogy today and it goes in the paper tomorrow, would I be proud of what they say? Would I be proud of of the values that I was known for? Would I be proud of what they say? Or did I waller in, I'm not even sure that that's a real word. I'm from the South, so waller is probably not a word. But anyway, uh, would you sit there and waller in the terrible victimization that you were that you were succumbed to? Would you say in your eulogy, "I was a victim of this," or do would you say, "I'm going to be so well known for this and this and this and a person of love, a person of joy, a person who spread peace, a person who did this, person who made fairy houses for everybody, a person who made art. I'm going to be known for everything else by the time I die, except for that one horrible in my life. I'm not going to be known for that. And see, so many times we get so trapped in this, I was a victim, I was a victim that we don't dream no more, we don't accomplish anything else, and we go to our grave still in the same position we were maybe 20, 30 years before. You see, the actual act of harm that was done to these people may have been 30, 40 years before. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. Human beings have to progress. Human beings, you either create or you disintegrate. How many people do you know that have been a victim of violent crime? 
they didn't physically die for another 30 years, but they didn't live that last 30 years either. They died during that time of victimhood, and they never lived again. So their burial was just a formality because they died back then. Mm-hmm. Now, see, this is a dramatic, very dramatic mental picture, but we all know people like this. Mm-hmm. They died the moment the bad happened to them. Their body stopped functioning 20 years later. Could they have become in 20 years? If they mm-hmm. used that pain and that fire in them that 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 caused so much pain, if they used that fire and not to lash out against the perpetrator, if they used that fire to launch off into a new person, a new creation, a new thing, if they used that fire to grow and become and to dream and to reach for those goals and to become so much more, what if they used that fire, how much further would they be down the road when their body finally gave out 20, 30 years later? Mm-hmm. By the time well, that 30-year mark did, came what in, what I wanted to say is when, would, I was, when I was being abused, I would run into the woods, you know, and, and I might find an acorn or a leaf or something, and I really felt it was a gift from the universe that I would go home with that, that acorn and hold on to it. You know what I mean? I just something mm-hmm. to hold on to, something to look at, mm-hmm. something to to get out mm-hmm. of the craziness that was going on around me. And that's why I feel that nature to you me is a real connection. Yep. And I have a real it kind is. of Native American belief system as mm-hmm. well. And I told my mm-hmm. kids, I said, you know, I don't want a funeral. I'm a celebration of life. I said, because hopefully mm-hmm. I've done more living than dying. I said, I don't want flowers exactly. and... I don't want flowers and I wish I'd have told my mom this or I wish, you know, I'd have told my friends that or whatever, you know, give me flowers now. Say how much you love me now. I'm going to tell you how much I love you and I'm going to tell my friends how much I care about them and how I appreciate them being in my life. I'm not going to wait and have regrets when they die and go, God, I wish I told them that. I wish I'd have visited them more or, you know, we should have went out for coffee, whatever, you know, I'm not going to wait till they're dead and then have regrets. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's what we need to understand. You have the choice. We can't go back to our childhood and and recover those moments that were stolen from us. We can't go back to the time that we were victimized by an abuser. We can't go back to those times, but we are in control of the future and what we do now. And so I encourage you guys to write your own eulogy. I know it sounds kind of morbid, but what if you took and figured out what is your heart's desire? What would you love? And then you wrote it out for eulogy. And then you spent the next 30 years trying to live up to that. How much more would you have accomplished? How much more of a human being would you have become if you wrote your eulogy now and spent the next 30 years trying to live up to it. They'd have so much more to write about in 30 years, would they not? I mean, you would become so much more, they wouldn't be able to put it into words. And that's Mm -hmm. what we want to do. We want to take a moment, figure out what would we love, and then take that time to write out 
who do we want to be? What kind of core values do we want to be known for? Who do we want to be remembered as? Who do we want to touch in our lifetime? What do we want to accomplish? Who do we want to help? And then write it all out as if you're writing your own eulogy. And then spend the next 30 years living up to it. Now, is there anybody else on the line, Annie? I'll take a break and get a drink here. Yes, we have on the line Cricket and Lori. Would one of you like to say something? Yeah. Um, now, with the, with the dreaming, it is very important to keep those going. I didn't have dreams as a child. All I could do was challenge myself, and mm-hmm. I raised my son the same way. But when you stop challenge yourself, a.k.a. dreaming, because to me they, they're kind of the same, mm-hmm. then you're throwing in the towel. You have to keep going. It's okay, mm-hmm. it's okay to get stressed and, you know, you want to crawl under that rock for a bit, but you've got to come back out fighting. Exactly. Because it's, exactly. it's, not, it's not about how many times you fall. It's about how many yep. times you get up. And, and, Victoria, I'm so proud of you. I'm a recovered addict myself. Yes. Yes. I'm proud of both of you guys. Um, Cricket, I we we talk quite a bit. And Cricket's been, uh, we've been friends for a few years now. And uh, we met both being um victims advocates for different true crime cases and things and uh, we just kind of clicked and been friends ever since and I I have seen her grow so much since I first met her and she always oh no yeah uh, she's very self-deprecating in that way but she has grown so much and she has become um, a little powerhouse and I'm so proud of her mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud of every, see, this is what I want anyone listening here. I'm proud of you for standing up. And you say, well, Sonova, how can you be proud of me? You don't even know who I am. I haven't even called in and gave you my name. I'm proud of you as a fellow human being to stand up and take charge of your life again. Because whether anybody understands this or not, we are all one gigantic family. And if we would all encourage each other and inspire each other and lift each other up, we could accomplish great things. We could take this world and make it a better place. So when I tell you I'm proud of you, I am. You know, if you meet me in the grocery store and you say, hey, Sonova, I did this and this and this, I'm proud of you because you have taken control of your life and your existence. And bring you something that I, I see, I, I created this uh, goal-setting workbook. And I, I, I sell it on my website and everything. And I created this goal-setting workbook. And it is really big. I've got so much articles. And I, you would not believe how much all is in this workbook. I just poured my heart out into this workbook. And then I brought it out to the world last year to, to sell it. And... I realized I wasn't, I was having a hard time selling a goal setting workbook because everybody I talked to had stopped dreaming. They had Mm -hmm. stopped thinking that anything could ever get better. 
so I had to step back and say, okay, don't set goals. Realize that it's okay to dream again. I wrote a blog post that said desire is not a dirty word. Well, mm-hmm. because you think, oh, desire, if I don't want more, I can't be disappointed when I don't have any more. Well, desire is a creative state in the human being. When you desire for something and you have to grow to achieve it, that is a creative state that is natural and supposed to be there. That is, that is supposed to be there. See, a tree will grow as tall as it possibly can depending on the nutrients in the soil, how much rain and water, uh, rain and sunshine it gets. But human beings aren't that way. We only grow up halfway. We're like, yeah, I'm done. Good enough. Well, mm-hmm. that's what that desire is supposed to be. The oak tree has a desire to reach as tall as it possibly can, and it don't feel bad about it. It's like, I'm an oak tree. I'm supposed to be this tall. I'm going to be this tall, you know, if we, you know, give it some kind of human components here. But I, I'm being, you know, kind of silly, but this is this is the way it is. An oak tree doesn't stop halfway. But humans, we have been given a, a choice on what we want to do. And unfortunately, things start beating us down to where we choose to stop setting goals. We choose to not build the habits to reach those goals. We choose to stop dreaming again because we've been so hurt. We've been so damaged. We've been hit by so many storms in life that it's just too hard to reach out and dream again. But this That's week, interesting because I just want to throw in there where you're at before I forget. But um, like when I go out in nature, I look at I look at trees, too, and as they grow or, you know, they're swaying in the wind or whatever and, you know, going through all kinds of storms here and it's snowing this and that. And the one thing, too, that I've noticed is or kind of internalized is, you know, going to the oak tree, that's what you brought up, but, you know, the oak tree doesn't go, well, you know, that oak tree is going higher than I am, so, you know, I I can't go no Mm -hmm. higher or, or, you know, these Mm -hmm. storms are just, you know, I'm just going to die, stand here and die, you know, because, mm-hmm. yeah, and yep. and so that's like I, I said, that's why I get a lot of that pine tree inside. over there. Yeah. 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 Or, the, or a flower doesn't look, you know, it just grows, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and I have went out to like um, these places in Minnesota where they, you know, these cliffs or whatever, and it's all rock, and you'll see flowers mm-hmm. and trees growing out of this rock, and you're like, how could that even happen? And then, so I look mm-hmm. at that and go, you know, that is like beyond what anybody would expect. And that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be exactly. that tree that, that's growing just huge outside of a rock where you wouldn't even think that there's, you know, any dirt there to even, you know. Right, right. And, and so I said to her, <clears throat> this guy Isn't said that to her. Where the, um, eight, the Edelweiss grow in the rocks on the mountains? Yep, yep, yep. And and yeah. this one guy says to to my friend, he says, how come everything you do um, um, turns up roses, you know, no matter what you do and you've been through this or that, you know. And she says, she said, um, because I I give it the right nutrients, you know. She said mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're starving your your roses, you know, you're not watering them and you're not, 
you know, putting them out in the sun and you're not, you know, tending to them and you've got weeds everywhere. I posted a meme on my Facebook page just today that said, or maybe it was yesterday, it says, um, stop getting t- tangled up in the weeds and get back to growing. Um, but that's exactly oh, yeah. what it is. So, I love yeah, it. Stop getting tangled up. So this is the thing. This is something I'm going to give you a statistic because I'm all about the statistics and the biochemistry and all these things. If you guys follow my stuff on Facebook, you'll you'll see that I'm all about all about the science stuff. I'm kind of a nerd. But uh, what if I could tell you that one thing, there's one thing that separates the top 3% of humanity from the 97%. What if I told you that it was one simple thing that everyone can do, but most people won't? That one thing is learning how to set goals and chase them down. Goal setting and dreaming and having a vision and purpose for your life is literally the one thing that will automatically put you in the top 3%. Because most people, either they've given up because they say goals don't work anyway, or they, they don't even try anymore, or they set, the, they set these, just these little New Year's resolutions and they never follow through. And so this is the reason why, and, and Victoria had said something about this before, she lays out these big, huge plans, then she gets overwhelmed, she doesn't follow through. Here's the thing. First thing you need to do is decide what do you want. Most people have a vague notion, a vague idea of, well, I want more money. Okay, well, you get a dollar blowing across the sidewalk and you pick it up. You've technically got more money. I'm sure that's not really what you wanted, but that you've gotten more money. You've asked the universe for more money and there's your dollar. Woohoo! That's not really a clear defined goal. You need to say, I need this dollar amount by this date. And this is what I'm going to work towards, okay? Well, you might hit the date, you might not. The date is just there to keep you actively working towards it and not to just rough it off and eventually kind of thing. But here's the thing, the kicker. Once you find out what you want, what would you love, then you need to ask yourself a question that most people never, ever think about. And this is something that Victoria kind of started leaning towards And I'm like, hey, hey, that's in my notes to talk about. Um, Once you figure out what you want, you need to ask yourself, okay, this is what I want. What kind of habits do I need to build that will get me there? Because, see, your daily habits are like blocks, and they stack up on one another on top of each other, on top, on top, on top, and they literally build a staircase to the goal that you've set. Now, your daily habits are what's going to get you where you want to go or they're going to keep you from where you want to go. So you can say, I want to make a million dollars, okay? Well, what kind of habits does a millionaire have that I don't have, okay? Well, you might need to do a little bit of study and find out what their daily habit is. Is their daily habit laying around until till noon and then playing video games till 5 o'clock in the evening and picking out on bunch of junk food and staying up to 2 o'clock in the morning and doing it all over again? Probably not. That's probably not what multimillionaires do. 
uh, you know, there's a whole big thing of the five o'clock club. And so I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I want to be successful. So I have to get up at 5 a.m. every morning. I am not a 5 a.m. person. And I tried and I did horrible. I'm better if I get up about 6.30. Okay, fine. I get up at 6.30. I stay up an hour and a half later than usual, and I will go ahead and fill out my day and finish everything that I need to do on my to-do list. So I'm sitting here going, just because your daily habits don't look exactly like somebody else's daily habits doesn't mean they won't work. But you need to analyze your daily habits. If you don't know what will get you there, Start with what you got and build on to them. So reaching a goal requires for you to really analyze and adjust your micro habits, those little bitty things. You know, if you are having health problems and you drink absolutely no water, I don't care how good of food you eat. I don't care how much you go to the gym. I don't care what kind of supplements you take. If you don't add the habit of drinking so much water a day, it's not going to get you to the goal of fixing your problem, okay? And so this is this is what we need to understand. First thing you need to do is realize it's okay to dream again. You need to get angry enough to step up out of that, that quicksand and tell your abuser proverbially, I am not going to let you take no more from me. Then you need to decide what you want. After you decide what you want, then you need to figure out what micro habits you need to build to get you there. All right. Do we have anybody else on the line, Annie? Yes, we have Lori on the line. Lori? Hi, Lori. Lori, do you, you want to talk to us tonight? She may be unable to talk just with me. Yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, All right, well, I you can jump back in anytime. Go ahead. Yeah. There, when I was um, 16 and, and I was in my abuse and no, no self-esteem, anything like that, there was a song we would sing, and it always touched me, the, the chorus. It said, I want mm-hmm. to be strong, as strong as a, the mountains. I want a heart that's as wide as the sky. I want a spirit like a moving mountain stream. I want to look people straight in the eye. And that verse always got me. That's what I always wanted. And I can do that I now. That. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is what I we thought want that, to do. That was impossible. Uh, it is. It, it seems impossible, but see, that's the thing. Nothing's really impossible. You know, they said it was impossible um, a couple hundred years ago. They said it's impossible to do what we're doing right now. They said it's impossible for us to, to I am I am literally sitting at my desk, um, running, talking to you guys through some wireless earbuds that run through Bluetooth to a cell phone that's not hooked to anything either, and I'm talking to you guys. I know crickets in what Pennsylvania and in yep. Victoria. You said you were in Minnesota. I'm in mm-hmm. southern Missouri. I don't know where Annie and Lori are. You know, um, a, a couple hundred years ago, what we are doing is impossible. So see, not there, even that long ago. Impossible. 
When, no, when I was a no, teenager, you know, my cousin and I would say, wouldn't it be horrible? Because all we could think of is the, you know, wouldn't it be horrible if, like, our boyfriend called and could see us on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> wouldn't it be horrible? You can, you know, I remember. In yeah. reality, you know, I mean, you could turn off your video <laughs> camera, but that was our yeah. idea. If yeah. you could, you had a phone yeah. that you could see over, yeah. you know. We uh-huh. didn't have a concept of yeah. you could turn off a picture. But, you know, we just thought that yeah. would be horrible. Like right. if we woke up in the morning and they called and we didn't have our makeup on or something, you know, wouldn't that be horrible? Yeah. Well, and see, yeah. that's the thing. Um, back in the 80s, all of the cartoon superheroes, they talked to their watch. And we thought, oh, my gosh, that's the coolest gadget ever. And now yeah. we've got smart watches where we can we can see camera, we can see video calls, we can take text yeah. messages, we can take notes, we can do everything on our smartwatch and i'm sitting here going i told my my teenager i said you don't understand how cool that is i said back in the 80s we all pretended and we were talking to our little cartoon watches that we had you know i think i had a rainbow bright one and and i talked to rainbow bright oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah So, you know, yeah, and, and another thing is, um, you know, my daughter gave me this smartphone, right? She's like, Mom, you're going on vacation. You need this phone. So she put all these numbers in my address book, and she sees me with a piece of paper with all my phone numbers on it. She's like, Mother, I put them all mm-hmm. in your address book. You don't need the paper. And I go, I can barely dial the phone. Just let me have my paper. You know, so I go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and I can dial the phone, and I can dial my kids, and I'm not going to dial anybody else because I'm not sure if I'll dial the wrong number. Because maybe I didn't write it down right. And I can't get in that address book she set up. So I got home and I said, oh, my God, I kept getting lost. And she goes, lost, Mother Wayne? She's your, you know, um, GPS. And I go, Jamie, what? She goes, you GPS. I told me how to get places. I'm like, what? And, and so then she shows me how to do it and everything, you know. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so, you know, all this. And then, and then so the next week I'm going to drive somewhere. And she knows I always get lost all the time. So she goes, Mother, do you know how to get where you're going? And I go, well, not really, but I'm going to use my GPA. And she goes, oh, God, Mother, that is a great point. Average, you will never get there. God, please use your GPS. And I, and I go, I have a great GPA, but it's not going to get me anywhere. So I can say GPA, my kids go, GPS, GPS. I go, you know what I mean. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Okay, so we've got about, I don't know, 20 minutes left in the show. Um, I want to ask everybody to, um, sometime this week, I want you guys to figure out what you want to accomplish in your life. I want you to really get a clear vision and goal on what you want to accomplish. Uh, There's an old proverb that says, without a vision, people perish. And we all know people who have, like I said, they've, they've gone through some horrible tragedy and they never recovered, and yet they didn't die for decades later. And we don't want to be that way. What happens in that moment is they have given up their dreams. They have given up their purpose, and they have decided to die with their pain. And nobody can really blame them. I mean, nobody can blame them, but it's still your choice. Are you going to die with your pain or are you going to rise up like the phoenix and shine again and create something new? Because you have the ability to do more than you realize. You have the ability to become and and touch people's lives in a way that 
maybe you never thought of as a kid or thought of, you know, back before the technology really took off. You know, there's so many ways that we can help one another now that weren't available just 20 years ago. And so we need to really understand that whatever we can come up with that we would love to do, whatever we can come up with, we can daydream about. It's possible. It's possible to do it. It will come, uh, if you can imagine it, it's going to happen eventually because how many of you, you know, that are maybe over 30, 40, something like me, uh, uh, I'm 40, oh, 42, I'll be 43 this year. Um, I remember seeing things in sci-fi movies and, and you know, we kind of talked about it, that was so out there, outrageous, and yet they're true now. And they're common now, and we're just like, well, when does this happen? And so hmm. the thing is, is we can become more. We humanly are possible. We are capable of so much more than we realize. But we let the emotion and the trauma and the pain hinder our growth and hinder what we become. Now, Les Brown has a wonderful quote. I absolutely love that, man. Um Getting to where I can't, sorry, I'm going to lose it for a second. Give me. I can't listen to him right now. Um, I used to listen to him for hours, but he laughed exactly like my father-in-law, and I just lost my father-in-law. So I can't listen to him right now, but I highly suggest him. Um, He has a quote that says, shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you'll still be out amongst the stars. And I thought, what a powerful quote, because sometimes we're aiming for something so hard, and we miss it, and we start to get discouraged, but then we look around and we're like, yeah, but look what I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. Look who I've helped. Look where I'm at. You know, I am out amongst the stars, you know, and here I am in this magnificent place. And so the thing is, is, whether you actually hit every one of your goals that you set when you write your eulogy or not is irrelevant. It's the fact that you are going to become so much more than what you are now. And that's what I want you guys to really think about. What do you want to become? If you wrote your eulogy right now, what would you like it to say? What would you like it to to convey? Who would you like to leave behind because see we don't leave ourselves behind we leave a facade of what people thought we were you know we leave a facade what are we going to let them see do we want them to see nothing but the pain and the torment that we suffered for decade after decade or do we want to leave them with the hope and the joy we want to leave them with the memories of the smile do we want to leave them with a particular laugh that I literally hear every time I listen to one of my mentors speak. Do we want to leave them with something more? And so I encourage you guys this week to write your eulogy and then spend the next 30 years living up to it. I hope you guys do this. I really find it, it, it's such a powerful exercise if you follow through. And if you need help with your goal setting, you know, you need help with with finding a vision and purpose for your life, 
reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, my website is sonovainc.com. Uh, my email address is sonovainc at gmail.com. Um, reach out to me. I'll help you set your goals. The concept is we want you to set the goals that are right for you. We want you to grow. We want you to dream again. Does anybody have anything else to say? Because we're about 15 minutes early. We are. Well, we have, according to my clock, we've got about 30 minutes left. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes oh, left? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. Yep. Okay. I wanted well, to say that it, I know there's a I, there's a quote that I wanted to say and that I can't. It's a very famous person that said it, but I can, I don't know who. But it said, uh, "Everything is impossible until it's done." <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Yep. It is true. Okay, so let's jump right in since we have more time. For some reason, I was thinking we only had till eight o'clock. So uh, let's jump right in to. Let's jump right into our goal setting and our vision planning, since uh, that's where I was going to go next if we had time. So if you hear some paper rattling, it's because I am flipping through my goal setting workbook. So, okay. I so got it. How many of you guys? <laughs> Cricket's got one. Um, so uh, she's like, can, can you tell us the name of that? Can you tell us the name of your uh, book and how we get it? Yes, it's called Sonova's Sonova's Goal Setting Workbook. I made it real simple. So if you go on Amazon, you can uh, you can type in Sonova's Goal Setting Workbook, and it pops right up. So uh, yeah, Sonova's Goal Setting Workbook. I wanted it really simple, and that way when somebody looks for it, they don't have to remember anything hard or difficult. It's just so uh, it's on Amazon. You guys can check it out. Um, I would say you could go on my website and buy it, but I am literally sold out off of my bookshelf, so um, don't go through there or you're going to have a long wait because i got to order some more. Um, so go to Amazon. Okay, so why do – let me ask you this question. Why do you set goals and sometimes they don't work? Why do we set a New Year's resolution, per se, and they don't work? Forbes magazine says 80% of New Year's resolutions fail. Well, if we automatically know that there's only a 20% chance that we're going to succeed, why do we set them in the first place? And that's the where people get, and they just stop setting goals. And this is the reason why they fail. So I've made a list here, um, and we'll go over why they fail, and then we're going to have you guys, anyone that's listening or listening to the replay, uh, we're going to have you think about these things when you go to write your eulogy and think, what do I want to achieve and how can I avoid these things that are going to make me fail at this, okay? So the first thing, and we kind of talked about this, is unclear goals. We say, oh, I want more money, and we're like, universe, give me money, and what do you know? You find a dollar on the sidewalk, okay? Well, that's not the money we wanted. And then we fuss. Well, you know, we didn't ask the universe for anything. We just said more, okay? So we need to be very specific about what we want. Um, I have one mentor that says if you need a new car, he says, write down the make, the model, the color that you would like, you know? And he said, he said because what that does is it creates a clear vision of what you're working towards, okay? 
Now, this is something that Victoria had said in in uh, one of the first times she got on. She said she creates a plan for her goals, and then she gets overwhelmed by it. A lot of times goals fail because you get overwhelmed on on the how. How do I do this? Or you create a big elaborate plan and then you can't follow through with it. It's too complicated to actually follow through on. So being overwhelmed by the how am I going to get there is is another reason why a lot of these goals fail. Instead of that, we need to work on how can we make it as simple as possible and what kind of micro habits do I need to build to be able to get there, okay? So if you take this big, huge goal and break it down into where it's so simple, it's ridiculous, is what Bob Proctor said. He said, take the big goal, break it down till it's ridiculous. Um, when it gets down to so simple it's ridiculous, then you know you found the right path to get there. The next reason why they fail is there's no real reason behind it. There's no real purpose. You don't really have that burning fire desire to get there. So basically you say, okay, it's January 1st. I'm expected to make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose weight this year. Okay. You don't have any reason to follow through. The first time they have cupcakes at work, you're like, oh, forget it. I'm going to have cupcakes. Okay, so you lose your passion, your drive, because you didn't really have a good a good why behind it. Here's one that's really hard, that makes it hard to set New Year's resolutions. We have a limited mindset. Sometimes our, our resolutions and our goal setting, um, sometimes it just doesn't work because we literally have such a limit on our on what we think our ability is that we never follow through, we self-sabotage, or we think somebody else can do it but not us, okay? So this limited mindset can really stop you and be something that can cause you to to procrastinate. It can cause you to sabotage your efforts. It can cause you to quit in the middle. It can cause you to get distracted by everything except for your goals. So the limited mindset can really cause you a lot of trouble. And then number five is, is a bad habit. You know, um, success is not, I think it's Jim Rohn that said, success and failure are not a single cataclysmic event. They are set in your daily micro habits. So you are either doing these little things that are going to get you towards your goals, or you're doing these little things every day that's going to hinder you from your goals. So if your goal is to lose 50 pounds and every day, you decide to maybe skip the gym or you might decide, oh, just one little bag of Doritos won't hurt. And then you're like, oh, wait, this was a party-sized bag of Doritos. Does that count? You know, all these little things that you do are going to uh, hinder or they're going to help you. So you, you have these habits that you either need to replace or you need to refine. And then once you do that, you'll find that, oh, hey, I've reached my goal, and, and it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. It's about managing those micro habits. Um, the next one, another reason that we don't uh, follow through on our goals, we don't have a marathon mindset. Now, this is the reason why I tell you to write your eulogy instead of just writing out your goals. 
I used to say write out your goals. And if you go on my YouTube channel, you'll find me saying write out your goals, write out your goals. Well, this is a growth journey for me as well. I'm not like some of the big gurus out there that say, hey, I've learned everything there is to learn. I am the big Yoda of motivation. So listen to me. No, I'm saying, hey, I've studied this. This is what I found. This is helping. This is not working. This is working. Oh, hey, I've learned something better. Um, and so I have found instead of just writing down my goals, I have a marathon mindset and I write down my eulogy. The reason being is a marathoner, a marathon runner has to have a different mindset than just a sprinter, okay? Someone who is going to be in the 50-yard dash doesn't care about pacing. Someone in the 50-yard dash doesn't care about all these all these goalposts that they have to reach. They are just worried about the 50 yards, and that's all they're worried about, okay? But a marathon mindset, they're in for the long haul. They have put in the training. They have built the habits they need to build. They know what their end goal in mind is. They just start checking off the mile markers as they go, okay? Marathon's 26 and a half miles, I believe. They just start checking off the mile markers. They don't stop and think about, oh, my gosh, I've got another 25 miles to go. Oh, I got this. I got to do that. No, they are just got the end goal in mind. And that's the reason why I've switched over to uh, changing just my list of goals to a eulogy because the end goal of what I want to become by the time I'm gone, the, the person, the memory I want to leave behind is my marathon mindset. That's where I'm looking at, okay? So um, another reason why some people don't follow through and their goals don't, don't come through is they don't track their progress. Now, if you don't track your progress, how do you know when you're getting close? You say, oh, well, I'm close. I'm close to getting more money. Well, how much money have you gotten? Um, well, I found that dollar on the sidewalk. Um, I don't know. I think it has some change. I found some change in the couch. You know, how do you know you're reaching your goals if you're not tracking it? The next one is you lack a strategy to get there. And this is one of those that are hard. You don't have any way of getting more money, so you're just expecting the universe to dump it on your head, and hopefully it's not coins because that would hurt. Um, and you're just thinking, okay, well, now, it might be easier for the universe to bless you with more money if you had a strategy to sell something or you had a job or you had some kind of strategy in mind to make money. You had something to exchange in return for the universe giving you money, okay? So you need a strategy of some sort. Even if you change the strategy a hundred times, you still got to have something. Here's one that's really hard. We have no realistic deadlines earlier when I said something about putting the date on it, that if you don't put a deadline on it, you're not going to follow through. You're going to say, wait, I'll get around to it eventually. And then you're going to end up procrastinating. You're going to get distracted. And you'll be like, well, I'm still going for my goal. Yippee for me. I haven't officially failed yet because I said I'm going to do this in the next 36 years or so, maybe if I live that long. I don't know. Okay. So you're not, if you don't have a hard deadline, you don't have no goalposts to reach for. 
And this last one is very important, and this is the one that I want you guys to realize on this call specifically. You don't follow through on your dreams and your goals because you don't have a support system. Well, NASA is your support system. We have people on this call that are willing to talk to you. We have so many resources involved in NASCA to help you, to pull you out of that cesspool that you're stuck in, pull you out of that depression and anxiety, to try to get you from victim to vitality. The only thing is, is you have to decide. Are you going to die with your pain? Or are you going to rewrite your eulogy today? And are you going to decide that I'm going to rewrite who I want to be and I'm going to spend the rest of my life, whether it be one day or 30 years, I'm going to spend the rest of my life looking up to that eulogy. I'm going to shoot for the moon, and if I miss, I'm in the stars. This is your choice tonight. You have a support system. So I gave you 10 reasons why goals and dreams don't work. You only have nine because everybody on this phone call will be happy to talk to you We've got Annie running the phone. She'll be happy to talk to you. We've got Cricket. She's a victim's advocate. She'll be happy to talk to you. I don't know how you get a hold of Victoria or Lori, but I'm sure they would talk to you. The concept I'm, is I'm, this is Victoria. I'm on the website for the Minnesota ambassador for NASCA. Perfect. So, see, we have okay. the resources here. So, this is up to you. We've got... 15 minutes left. This is up to you. Are you going to die in your pain? Or are you going to rewrite your eulogy and grow to your fullest potential until that eulogy is written by somebody else? Does anybody else have something they want to say? No, you're talking about eulogy scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with your eulogy is that is the... That is the marathon mindset because you can set goals all you want, but you need to have a higher vision and purpose, an overreaching vision for your life. You have a whole purpose of existence, a purpose for why everything that you do. Then once you get that umbrella of a purpose, that's where your eulogy comes from because at the end, when you get to the end, what do you want to have done? What do, you, what do you want that umbrella of a purpose to say? Because that's uh, just one of those things that somebody else is going to write about you at the end. But you have the choice to, you can actually manipulate what's going to be said about you by that time. Because you've got from now until then to do something wonderful and great. You have something from... I don't know. You might have five minutes. I hope to God you have more than five minutes, but you might have five minutes, you know, or you might have 50 years, you know, mm-hmm. we're not promised tomorrow. So you might have till tomorrow, but what are you going to do right. between now and the time someone writes your epitaph? What are you going to do between now and then? Are you going to make it worthwhile? Are you going to make it so amazing that they have to hire a professional to write it because nobody can get it all in there? I mean, are you going to accomplish so many things? Are you going to be that shooting star that by the time you get out there, they can't fit it all in the newspaper? Mm -hmm. You know, are they going to have to write a biography about your life because you have just 
surpassed all expectations. Well, see, you know, you think, oh, well, I couldn't do that. Well, you could. You literally could. Colonel Sanders didn't start Kentucky Fried Chicken until after he had retired from his 9-to-5 job. He was wow. over 65. He retired from his 9-to-5, and then he had to go around, and no one of the banks wanted to loan him money because he was. they said he was too old, and he's like, but I've got the greatest chicken, uh, fried chicken recipe of all time. Nobody cared. He pushed through and did it anyway, and he made one of the biggest chicken companies you know, in the world mm-hmm. for a very long time after he was done. Now, I think, honestly, I hate to say this. I want to tell like you something beautiful. My, my grandchild was, um, my granddaughter was in, I don't know, uh, kindergarten, first grade, wherever they first learned to write. And, and it was uh, Grandparents' Day and gave me a card. And they had to fill in the blank. So it said, um, I love my grandma because, and then um, my grandchild, right, my granddaughter writes, because she always sees the best in me. And oh, I love I it. Cried. I cried because it was like, wow. And so my grand, granddaughter is 13 now and just called me up and said, um, Grandma, did you get the poem I sent you? And and do you think I could get it published? And I really want to, it's about, um, it's about an abusive relationship, and I was wondering if you might be able to use it in one of your things you do. Because <laughs> I put on events. Tell her to email it to me. Yeah. I put on, to yeah, I put on events two times a year for domestic violence and for child abuse, and now I started for uh, January's Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and I tell my story, and I've been working since 86. 86, mm-hmm. um, helping victims and survivors and thrivers, <laughs> as I exactly. call Thrivers. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Yep, thrivers, that's yep. All capital letters, yep. by the way. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. my, my name, I got my name. I got my name out of a name book because I had to change my name in 86 so that I could speak because uh-huh. my abuser was still out there. It wasn't safe. So I, uh-huh. I got my name Victoria. Um, is Victoria, and Ruth was my middle name, which means spirit, and Kelly means warrior. And at the time mm-hmm. I took it, I went, I don't feel like that, but I sure would like to feel like that. And I'll tell you what, mm-hmm. today I feel like I am a victorious spirit warrior. I grew into it. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. You, you, that's, the, that's the beauty of affirmations and different things. You, you say all those positive things to yourself, and you'll begin to believe it. And then you will become it, you know, and that's that's the whole thing. So um, we've got about 12 more minutes, I think. So um, I'm going to encourage everybody that is uh, listening to the call, I want you guys to write your your vision statement, your mission statement. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it your eulogy. Um, I want you to write it down, and I want you to put in who you want to become. Now, there's three different types of goals when you go to put them in there. Okay, I want you to put them in there. Um, there's A, B, and C type goals. Now, the C type goal is something that you don't have to stretch and grow for. It's something you've done before, and you're just going to do it again. I don't want you to put C type goals in your eulogy. I don't want you to do it. B type goals are slightly better than C type goals because they uh, it's a little bit of a step up from what you have accomplished, but it's still well within your comfort zone. It's something that it's a little beyond what you've done before, but you don't have to stretch too much, okay? Um, Peggy McCall calls them your 
your your stretch goals, is your A-type goals. This is a large goal that is well out of your comfort zone, and it scares you a little bit, okay? Now, there's a few mentors. I'm not sure which one said it first because, like I said, I study like a maniac. Um, my bio says 10,000 hours of study. I've gotten close to 20,000 now um, because I'm always listening to a seminar while I'm driving down the road, while I'm washing dishes. I'm listening to a seminar. I drive my kids crazy. Um, but uh, the thing is, is I want your eulogy to be full, just chock full of those goals, those stretch goals, those A-type goals that are so powerful they scare you a little bit, okay? Because you're going to have, and we're going to be positive, and we're going to think you've got 30 years to do this, okay? But even if you've only got five minutes to do this, I want you guys to put in there goals that make it just a little bit scary. Because if it's a little bit scary, that means it's well out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to grow as a human being to get there, okay? So I want to encourage you to make sure that your eulogy is full of those things that will make you grow because it doesn't do you any good to write your eulogy now and it be exactly the same as what it's going to be in 30 years. The concept of this exercise is to say, what you want to become. And all the concept is is it's to give you a very clear set, clear-cut mission statement for your life. Every major corporation in the U.S. and around the world has what they call a vision statement or a mission statement. And it is just a list of attributes and values and, and accomplishments that that company either has achieved or wants to achieve. And that's what this is. Your eulogy is your life. You don't like the word eulogy because it scares you. Uh, <laughs> then use life mission statement. Um, use so, your mission so statement. So I'm going to get know, my, my little airplane and search team. Exactly. That's, That's what you need. You know? That's what you need. So this is what I want you guys to think about this week. Write your eulogy. Write your life mission statement. And then grow to become what you've written, okay? Grow to become what you ha- what you would like to be, des- what you would truly like to desire. And the thing is, is if you're brave enough and you want to send it to me, go right ahead. But you don't have to show it to anybody. So you could be working on this magnificent master plan of what you want your life to be, and you don't have to have nobody else's approval. You don't have to show your life's mission statement to your spouse, to your mother, to your friends. You don't have to show it to nobody. Because some people, well-meaning, well-loving people, will try to hinder you from growing because it's out of their comfort zone. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to share it with anybody. Because I, I've seen one person uh, posted on Facebook, and I don't think they credit it to anybody, but I've heard it, several people say it. They said, your life's mission, your life's calling was just a individual phone call. It wasn't a conference call. You know? I love it. So basically, I've, I've heard that. Whether, I've, you are, I've heard so you know, many people that. It wasn't a conference call. <laughs> you don't have to have to get everyone's approval. You know, you're not a, one of those preteen girls in junior high anymore that has to call all of your little twerpy friends and say, well, what do you think about this? So and so ask me to the dance. What do you think about this? I don't know. I don't like his hair. What about this? I don't know. What about this? You know, 
that's the way we behave as adults. We think we need mm-hmm. to do that. We don't have to. We don't have to ask everyone's opinion. We don't have to ask a spouse's opinion or or or, or a parent's opinion or all of our little clique of friends' opinions. If you have a fire in your soul to achieve something, I don't care how outlandish and crazy it is, if you have a fire for it, put it in that eulogy and then spend the rest of your days proving everyone wrong. So that's my, my topic for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. You guys, Annie, do you have anything to add? Well, thank you so much for a wonderful topic and a wonderful discussion today. I wanted to tell you what it's going to say on my tombstone, because that's, I haven't okay. written my eulogy yet, but I wrote my own tombstone. Perfect. Uh, you know how life, license plates always say, I'd rather be fishing, I'd rather be skating. My tombstone uh-huh. is going to say, I'd rather be there now. Oh, I love it. Well, I, that reminds me something that is so sarcastic uh, that I probably shouldn't say it, but uh, you can ask Chris it. I'll probably say it anyways. Um, I know what I'm going to put on my tombstone, and this is not anything insightful. You can take the whole big guru Yoda thing away, and this shows you who I really am. Um, sarcastic to the core, unfortunately, um, but... I have a daughter who is very, very dramatic about everything. You know, I had an accident in high school that damaged seven spots in my spine. It became fibromyalgia. I have hideous, hideous pain all day, every day. And she comes to me, you know, and she just goes crazy dramatic. And I'm like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So I've decided that on the front of my of my tombstone, I'm going to put, ah, it'll be fine. And then dot, dot, dot. And on the back of the tombstone, I'm going to put, well, maybe not. And then that way, everybody inside <laughs> my tombstone is going to get a big laugh out of it. <laughs> so that's just a joke. That's what I tell my daughter all the time. It'll be fine. I promise you, you're not going to die. <laughs> yeah, my my kids say, you know, my kids talk about me being old. I say, well, I'm going to live to be 100, and I'm going to get, I got a whole bunch of things I plan on doing. I'm not, you know, I'm not even planning on dying. I'm going to live to be 100. My son looked at me and goes, Mom, I'm not even going to live till you're 100. And I said, well, that's your plan, ain't mine. <laughs> you don't feel too bad for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. There, okay. is a woman, there is a woman that's 122. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to live until my vitality ceases. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want to live to be 122 if I not don't have enough vitality Oh, yeah, then I follow up with sarcastic rules. If I have, you know, Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or something like that, just pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she, yeah. Yeah. I she still has her. I'm just going to live on a machine, pull the plug. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. still has well, her, my, her, that her mind. Feel any better. My, dad, my dad always says, don't put me in a nursing home or I'm going to hide a scooter in the bushes and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to escape all the time. So they'll have to put me in in <laughs> confinement because I'm going to escape. Don't put me in a nursing home. Yeah. So, but that, that's kind of that, the thing. We, we, they actually know, we're, did. We're, my dad was on um, 
escape because he was always trying to escape. So they had to be alert. He he was at risk for uh-huh. escaping. Wanted to climb out yeah. the window. <laughs> mhm, mhm. Well, my dad always said, "I'm going to put a scooter in the bushes." So, but the the <laughs> thing is, you know, we're we're making light, you know, and having fun at the end of a call. Um, for anybody that's listening, if you are in that moment of despair and need someone to talk to, um, reach out to somebody. You are valuable. You are loved. You have a purpose for being on this planet. And if you are in that moment of despair to where you can't dream again and you need someone to talk to, please reach out to somebody because there are way too many people who choose um, to say they're not valuable anymore and they take extreme measures. And we do not want you to do that. If you are listening and you are in that type of a state, please reach out to somebody. All right, Anne, do you have any any music to run us out? Mm-hmm. I sure do. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has yeah, been Child Abuse Now, Scan Radio number 3114, and the show is archived. And with that, I'm going to play the outgoing music. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.